You're not the only one with mixed emotions. Hi, Brie. Hi, Minchin. Yes, we're back for another episode in our second season of Mixed Emotions. Feels good to be here. It does. We love coming back for more. And we hope you are too, because whoever is listening, we have a special treat this episode. Yep. We have our first ever guest to the Mixed Emotions pod, the wonderful, beautiful Tripti Pandey. More to come. We also have a new segment to the show that we are officially calling Bubble Bath Theater. Trademarked. TM. Trademarked by our one and only Brian McCoy. Hopefully we'll get some uh, bubbly um, sound effects going here. But essentially, this will be a chance where we'll share our TV, music, film, consumption recommends that help us escape this world of mixed emotions. And um, just like every episode, we'll end on a tarot card and intention. Yep. But before we get into it, friend check, how you doing? I'm tired. I'm going to say that. Very tired right now. Last week was very emotional. Emotional for Stevie, emotional for me. Emotional for Maurizio. The portal was opening up. Yeah. I literally felt lost the day before Saturn went into Pisces. Like, that night, I was literally like, who am I? Where am I? What's going on? I literally was, this is a little, might be TMI. Sitting on the toilet, peeing. And for a moment, I thought I didn't really know what I did for work. Like, you've completely just, like, wiped out your whole day? Yeah, like, I just could not recall anything that had happened. And I was like, what? That doesn't happen to me. So it was a very strange experience. I've also been blessed to be a pretty deep sleeper, and I have not been able to sleep very well these last couple weeks. And you know what I realized? Pisces and Virgo are opposites, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. So this transit is going to light up your rising and sun? At the same time. Yeah. And for me, it's my moon. So basically, like, Saturn is going to call to our attention the areas that are specifically, like, attached to, like, for me, the moon. So, like, I guess my emotions, my sense of place, home. Sorry, you're saying this is a time for the moon and the rising to be at the same time. Yeah, because we're both, my moon is Virgo, your rising is Virgo, Mm -hmm. and Pisces is opposite. So basically Saturn is in opposition to my moon and in opposition to your sun and rising. Got it. So got it. Whatever is not working in our life, it will be called to our attention over the next two to three. Two years, three years. Cool. So yeah. Let's see what how it all unfolds, Richin. I mean, yeah, I think you are also feeling the effects of a new season portal called spring you know because i mean the lead-up time for energetically i think is a little strug yeah la is having some like weird-ass climate issues that's causing people and you know myself included to be extra dramatic and also you know even this week with pluto entering aquarius 
I have felt a little bit of a shift. I'm hoping and praying it lasts a while, but I think even just being back and recording here is bringing me joy. It made me think about like literally this time last year when we were birthing mixed emotions. Mm -hmm. And yeah, my dinner series is kicking off for our first dinner next month. Fun. Yeah. It's uh, a series I run with a beautiful group of women here in L.A., Sangha Social Club, plug. So I don't know. Work is picking up. And although there is a slow start to my new year, I'm like, I have have felt like just really like stagnant. And so this shift that I'm feeling, that which I'm hoping it lasts, I'm trying to just like kind of trust in it a little bit and hopefully like ride it. Because who knows if, like I said, I'm going to continue to hope that it lasts, but there is just a little bit of like inspiration kind of light coming through. So I feel like this is a good thing. <laughs> you feel inspired. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I feel curious. <laughs> curious. Curious. That's good. That's a good feeling. I'm not having weird dreams. So many weird dreams. I've had some weird dreams too. Really? Um, I had a dream that like I was confronting Kim Kardashian. Wow. About how she needs to really take care of her black children and protect them and love them. And she was just looking at me like, I don't give a fuck what you say, bitch. I oh do God. what I want. And I woke up like really like... Brianna, that is intense. That's intense. My TikTok has just been all this dumb Justin Bieber, Selena Gomez stuff. So I think Justin Bieber showed up in my dream a couple weeks ago, but I don't remember being dark. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's heavy, though. Like, that's some like, oof, that's, a, that's what a lot of ancestors are saying to Kim Kardashian right now. A lot. Oof. That's a whole kettle of fish right there. Has that is a whole kettle of fish. So maybe um, we should take a break. Yes. Get into welcoming our first guest. Mm -hmm. We'll be right back. All right. Okay, and we're back. Hi, everyone. Um, Hello. I'm so excited to get into it because... We are going to bring our very first guest and fellow Earth sign friend onto our show. <laughs> a dear family friend of mine and Mixed Emotions family homie, Tripti Pandey. Tripti is a content creator, strategist, author. She's worked in the fashion retail space for like over 20 years. Has a passion for socio-anthropology. A first-generation Nepalese from Nepal, Indian immigrant, which is... And when she's not dancing, cooking, or exploring her latest fashion trends, she is blessing us with her presence today, talking about her first self-published book, Four Years in Hermit Mode, A Different Kind of Self-Help Guide. Currently based in San Francisco, we're so excited to hear your thoughts and experiences of your book journey today and, you know, just the journey of healing and self-empowerment. So welcome, Tripti. Welcome, Tripti. <laughs> Thank you so much, ladies. I really, really appreciate it. We are so happy to have you here. Mm -hmm. I'm super excited. It's an honor. It really is. Yeah. Right when your book came out, we we're like, we got to get Trip to be on the show. I'm honored. I'm flattered. I'm excited. Like all these mixed emotions, but all <laughs> the good emotions are coming up right now. And, you know, 
what better way to kind of spread the word about my book than with two like amazing people who have been a part of my life for a really long time. You know, I'm like, I'm grateful that Rinchen brought Brienne into my life. And obviously I'm grateful for Rinchen. We've been like laying on grass and eating momos since she was born. So here we are. This is facts, facts, facts. Well, we always start off our show with some like self-checks. So obviously before we get into the fun, juicy stuff also, um, what have you been up to? How are you healing and how are you feeling? I am healing pretty good. I have actually been helping a friend out at his retail store for this past like couple of weeks and I'm going to do it till the end of the month. So that has been super interesting because I haven't been like on my feet for seven to eight hours for the past four years. So the first two days were a little rough and I was super tired, but, you know, I just kind of dipped back into my whole like routine and I'm feeling good. My ankle is doesn't, can't feel it, so that's great. And um, yeah, it's been great as far as like how I'm feeling. Like I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to talk about my book and I have been just excited since like October since my whole thing with my ankle feeling better where you know, life is different now and I'm looking at everything in a different perspective. So it's like brand new. So it's been exciting. If you even want to give a little bit of a background, I mean, you obviously talk about it in your book, so people should cop and check it out. But a little bit about that, like healing in particular journey, maybe what happened? Of course. So about four years ago, I had a really bad accident at work. And I don't think they talk about this in the book, but what actually happened was it was a 40-pound box of metal rolling racks that slid down a, like an entire flight of stairs. So there's like 13 stairs. Oh and it goodness. took out the inside of my left ankle. Yeah. And it was there wasn't any brace. They couldn't see anything in the MRI. So it was just like a lot of trying to figure out what was going on because nobody could figure out what was going on. And I was in excruciating pain. The fast forward like a couple of years, they finally determined that it was nerve damage that was basically going to last me for the rest of my life. And I got this thing called CRPS, which is chronic regional pain syndrome. So it goes anywhere from being super mild to like really bad. It just depends. So you never know what's going to trigger it off. But the sensation is just not like a pain or a throb. It's like the insides are burning. Oh, when it's like really like it's just inexplainable, you know, and there's nothing to really heal it. Like there's no actual remedy for it. So the only remedy is the same thing that you do for like arthritis or like rheumatism. Like you try to work it out, try to make sure that atrophy doesn't set in, you know, but there's really nothing to take care of the pain unless you're on like tons of like allopathic medication or you try to do surgery, but that's also not like, you know, you never know what surgery plus nerve. So for the past four years, I've basically been trying to figure out sustainable healing routine for me that would not get me back to where I was pre-accident, but create a new normal for myself where I felt comfortable and I was happy. So that's what I talk about in the book, yeah. I can't imagine with nerves, like literally everything could be a trigger that you don't know. Exactly. Yeah. It's definitely been very interesting. And I do feel like 
blessed because I've read a whole bunch of different articles and different people like suffering from the same thing. And uh, like, I can't imagine, like mine would go in and out as far as like the burning sensation. Like that's the worst part of it is the burning sensation. So mine would go in and out. There are some people that are living with it like 24 seven and it's unimaginable the pain that you have to go through, you know? So I managed to figure out something that worked with me. And then I also got a recommendation from my doctor, who I absolutely adore. Shout out to Dr. Delatore. I'll tell him to listen to the podcast. But he gave me a recommendation to go to USF Pain Management Center in San Francisco. And the team over there was amazing. And they have placed four sympathetic nerve blocks in my spine. And basically what it does is it like shocks the system and your brain to think that the pain isn't there. The pain's never going to go away, but I just don't know it's there at this point. Wow. So it feels hollow. Like I cannot feel anything where that consistent pain was. And it's been this way. I had my procedure done on October like 24th, I think, in 2022. So it's been that way since then. But my pain management doctor was like, you're more likely to get hurt now than you were when you actually had the injury because you think you're going to be like Wonder Woman. So I've basically been trying to focus on like regaining strength because no matter how much I did like all my exercises, as far as like atrophy setting in on my left hand side, like that's bound to happen because I wasn't as active as I was before, you know, so these past couple of months, I've just been like trying to really focus in on strengthening my left side. And that's kind of why I decided to help my friend out too, where I'm like, okay, like, let me see how like far I can go and just like be on my feet and try to, you know, work these old bones out. (laughs) Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. So it's been good. It's been good. She's healing y'all. She's healing. Was there ever a point when you first were injured that you thought you would go back to normal and then there was a realization of like, oh no, this is something that I'm going to have to deal with for the rest of my life? Oh, a hundred percent. I thought I was going to go back to normal for like the longest time. Um, I write in my book, I had been going to, because you know, all the doctors were giving me these BS excuses. Like one person told me to like walk in the sand barefoot, right? And apparently that's like the worst thing you could possibly do. <laughs> CRTS, yeah. So I'm just, I'm like, I'll be here. And she's like, oh, you know. Oh, hell no. <laughs> barefoot, trying to like make it happen. But I'm also crying. So yeah, I basically tried everything and people did not know what was going on. And so because they didn't know what was going on, I honestly was just like, piggybacking on what they were saying and really believing that I was going to go back to what I was, you know? But I guess my body knew and I just was not, like, admitting to it, you know? Because it was just going on and on and on. And then finally, in 2020, I write about it a little bit in the book, but I went to see an Ayurvedic doctor in the beginning and she, like, took my calls and, you know, she told me about all my life you know, internal inflammation and all of that stuff. But she said that I had a lot of anger inside of me. And that was basically causing a lot of the inflammation. And 
I remember just being at the doctor's, I was like at the Ayurvedic doctor's office and my mom's with me and I'm like there in this like blue, right? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm not angry. I'm a really positive person. You know? Just like, just yelling, like, I'm not an angry person. <laughs> and I just like, I was like, I was offended. Okay. I was offended. I was so upset. And I remember she gave me this amazing like diet to follow and all this stuff to like help with internal inflammation. And she gave me all these things like herbal medications, the tonics and all stuff to take. But like, even though she said it, I did not admit it right then and there. It took me a solid like five to six months after that conversation to be like, you're not going back. And I'm like, and that's why you're angry. Like my anger stemmed from the fact that I was not going to have the same life that I was going to have like before the accident. And my anger also stemmed from the fact that like I had no backup plan, right? I'm a Capricorn. Like I need to have backup plans. Like I never ever thought that I was going to get injured in such like a major way. And then thirdly, because of the fact that this situation happened and it had nothing to do with it being my fault. It was like completely out of my hand. And the injustice of the whole entire situation was just like, it just like pushed me overboard as far as like being angry. But in my like setting, I've always like had positivity. You know what I mean? You always think of the brighter side. You always like look to like, you know, the main thing. Oh my God, you know, thank God it didn't fall on your head. I'm like, my head? No, I mean, thank God it like did his like you know fall in your chat. I said I'm just like yeah, 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 yeah. I'm grateful it didn't happen, but it really doesn't take away from the fact that I still cannot have the life that I had before the accident. You know, and so the anger was definitely inside there, and my body knew it because I started showing symptoms of like hypertension and I was like super irritable and I got my period for like three months straight like all these crazy things were going on in my body oh hell no and it was just like what is going on and I'm like okay I'm obviously angry and I've never been this angry in my entire life so I don't know how to process it you know so I guess that was probably the catalyst for me to figure out what I can do to like process these anger because I've never been like an angry person. What was the first thing that you did? I checked the interwebs. That's what I did. You know, not on WebMD, but I was like, I just went, I started doing like a deep dive and I've always gravitated more towards like meditation. Uh-huh. And also like trying to really find like yoga practices and stuff like that, that might help me. So I found things that I really, I want to say that kind of jump-started all of my healing was this amazing coach. If you guys ever are in need of like a breathing technique coach or anything, definitely check, check her out. Her name yeah. is Coach Kesha and she's on TikTok and I know that she's on Instagram too within my book. I have both of her handles, but it was just her like entire like aura that I caught on TikTok where I'm just like, this is the one. And she hosted things called like virtual healing sessions where Mm -hmm. you can, you know, just go into her classes and she 
walks you through all these like deep breathing like patterns. And I had never done deep breathing like on that intensive level. Mm -hmm. And the first session that I did with her, which was free, was life-changing. Like I was bawling at the end of the session. And I'm like, why am I laying on the ground and why am I crying just through breathing? Like I don't even understand. Like my entire body felt like I felt like I was evil up. It was insane. But like it was probably the first time that I had actually cried since my injury. Like I cried really bad when I got hurt that like exact moment. But then after that, I had to cry. It's a disposal, right? Like you're like a garbage disposal almost, just like releasing. You know, my mom has gotten into me to like the art of living where they mm-hmm. do the very intense breathing. I think it's like mm-hmm. um, Shudarsan Kriya. Mm-hmm. We'll definitely share her um, handles on our show notes for people yeah. to, you know. But yeah, the, I mean, types of breathing sometimes is so like regurgitate, like it just gurgitates all of that stuff out. It was, it was bananas. Yeah. Like I hadn't heard about it, read about it, seen people do it, but I really never thought that it was going to have such a profound effect on me. And so that was definitely one practice that I did to like initially kind of release all the anger that I had. The second thing I did was I found another creator on YouTube and her name is Hannah Yuiri. I'm probably like butchering her last name, but she does trauma-informed yoga and so she does like all if you go onto her youtube page it's like phenomenal because she has like all these different types of traumas that people go through and especially women and i guess women store their trauma in their like pelvic region which i had no idea and so she does all these like pelvic release yoga poses and I did that for probably, I want to say, like a solid three months, like every day. And in the beginning, it was like super tiring. I didn't cry, but I was like super exhausted. But like as I did it over and over and over again for the three months, like I haven't done it in a while. But as I did it over that period of three months, I definitely felt way lighter and less tired towards the end and that was kind of like my side where I'm like oh you know you can take it back you know what I mean you can step back now you don't need to bring out all the drama the <laughs> so it's just like a spring cleaning maybe we do it like you know a month or two every year like we can't yeah. be doing that shit every day no no too much is gonna come up too much well <laughs> uh, as then probably I would say like the third thing that I did was changed my like listening pattern so like the music that I was listening to I stepped away from just listening to like you know my sad girl music and trying to like really embrace like you know the sad girl music is so good you know what I mean it just like plays on all your heartstrings yeah and it's just so difficult to get away from but I did realize that music is such a big part of my life. And why wouldn't it yeah, be part of your healing process? Exactly. So like I needed to find something that was going to tap into my higher self versus staying in this like victim mentality. 
That's one of the things that really stood out because I identified with that because I remember in 2017, you mentioned uh, Sizz's first album came out. Yeah. Yep. And I was in the middle of my own little like cleaning house, Era. changing. I went into my own hermit mode, I think around 2016. And Rinchen was so into SZA and I was like, okay, I'm going to really try to listen to this. And I sat down and I was like, I can't listen to this shit anymore. I can't do it. I was like, I feel like this woman is very talented, but incredible. where I'm at in my life, like, no, I do no longer relate to these games. And so when you were like, I'm not even ready to listen to her sophomore album, I was like, I know, Tripti. I haven't yet. <laughs> I still haven't. I still haven't. I haven't been able to break myself to listen to it. Because it takes you to where the first album was and like where to your point, like where your healing journey was there. And it was a little bit of the lower vibrations, you know? <laughs> but we were just living our life. We were, we were. Ignorance yeah. is bliss, ladies. Ignorance is bliss. I mean, I had a, I had a great time. I'm not going to say I didn't have fun, but I just got to a point where I was like, this is not the kind of fun I want to have. Well, I can't be crying about <laughs> these Sorry, these lovely men that I used to date. <laughs> I mean, exactly that, right? You were getting into your Harvard mode and like, let's just go in for a little bit before we get back out. It's true. It's true. Like that sad music just has this like ability to like pull you in. And ever since like I changed my like kind of like switch gears and I'll listen to old time, like full time music. I try not to indulge too much in like the sad music that's coming out right now. Like I said, I still haven't listened to Scissors like sophomore album, but I found so many amazing artists. So my mother, she's Hindu and she lives in to Hudgens, which are basically like devotional yes. songs. Like yeah. she from the moment it. she wakes up, yeah, all the way through like the day, like half of the day. And she was always like, oh, you know, it raises the vibrations of the house. And She's done it for our entire life, so, like, I've never, like, thought twice about it. But it's literally, I'm like, wow, I've, like, found my pageants right now. Like, all of this, like, hybrid-racial music. And I'm like, wow, what do you think about this? And she's like, it's definitely different, but it has a positive message, you know? She's more open to me blasting that music versus, like, you know, watching fat girl music now. So I'm just like, okay. Now I'm my mom vibe. I feel mom vibe right now. What is high vibe music? I don't know. Is it like high energy from back in the day or no? No. So technically, from my understanding, it's music that it has been created with the intention of making people feel good. good. And it's supposed to align you with positivity, happiness, joy, peace, and all those like good sensations. When I did my research and I might not remember all of it, but there's like six different types of like high vibrational music. So like there is natural sounds, so sounds that, you know, like ocean and, you know, wind and all that stuff. And then there's like binaural beats, which mm-hmm. is basically like you listen to, to like kind of not alter, but like take you to like a different, like lead your mind into like a more positive state or like a state of abundance or something. Then there's like uh, one called 
I'll solfeggio music. <laughs> I'm like, solfeggio. It's like, it's basically like a frequency that has been like created to transport you. So you'll like listen to solfeggio music when you are sleeping. And so then basically what it does is like it alters the way that you think. Mm-hmm. Unconsciously. Yeah. Sometimes I think of like, I mean, maybe I need to try a little bit of the high vibe. I sometimes do the bhajan in the mornings. <laughs> but yes. Because yeah. that's another type of high vibrational yeah. music. They call it mantra music. So it's anything that is based out of like Hindu, Tibetan, or like yogic roots that had like, you know, the powerful chants that go with it. Because that's also considered to be a high vibrational music. And then I think the last one, is, I don't know if I went through all of them, but the one that I've been like focusing more on is basically music with like conscious lyrics. Oh, yeah. When I was reading your book of talking about high vibe, I was like, oh, I wonder if it's high vibe and like the binaural. I was like, oh, in my head, it's like sativa versus indica. <laughs> no, sometimes you go on it in the mornings, you need your like head high music. At nights, you need your just like body high music. And it's pretty much the same thing. You know what I mean? It's like creating the environment for your body to feel at ease. You know, even your alarms, like your alarms, like you don't want it to be like the alarms that they give you your phone or that are like programmed into your like regular analog alarm. Like you want to make sure that you're getting up to like super easy music. I wake up every morning to Bob Marley, Three Little Birds. It is like the most like amazing like intro and it's so soothing and you're just like, what can go wrong? What can go wrong? with that song. Stevie loves that song. Well, there you go. Look, starting up. Just built for success. Built for success. Exactly. And then I also had a moment reflecting on your SZA stuff, too, because, like, I I mean, to Brianne's point, I was also very into the her first album and was like not hesitating to listen to her second. Like, okay, we're going to go back to that mode. But, you know, I mean, it's you guys know this very well, but like shocking, you know, I'm a female that loves Drake and even like Drake in the last couple albums. I'm just like, like, like up. It's becoming less relevant because I don't know what he's on these days. Cause it's just like, but it's just like fuck boy times a thousand or like my eyes have finally been open. I don't know. It loses its luster as the older you get. Like you can't continue to do the same things. We really like thing, ladies. This is a good. I don't. Thing. We don't need to get into a down wormhole about why we should stop. Let's be listening to. Drake. I'm not saying. No, no. I'm talking about Drake. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about Drake. Okay. I know, but that impacts me. I should have got popcorn, ladies. I should have brought popcorn. I mean, listen. It's the truth. I'm telling you. Maybe we're growing up. I mean, we all have guilty pleasures. Yeah, for sure. Like you know. And that's also why I love K-pop, because I don't know what the heck they're saying. But I'm like, if the melody is right, I'm like, yes, this is amazing. <laughs> and then I have to ask my Korean friends, I'm like, can you give me like a real translation about this? And then they're like, okay. So far, I've been doing good. I've been picking the winner. <laughs> I love it. Keep it up. You <laughs> might need to share your high vibe and playlist or something on the pod. Or in a- oh, yeah. absolutely. I was love that. I would love that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but it's been so crazy. Like lately, the music just has not been hitting the way that it used to. I 
have literally like just been gravitating towards artists, musicians that have like a positive message. It doesn't even have to be like, you know, super conscious, like, you know, Kendrick Lamar or like Nas or like Black Thought or something like that. It can just be a really simple hook. And I'm like, yes. And then they're only saying good, positive things. In it. Like, for example, that artist is that super popular right now, um, Jake. He has this song called Golden Hour. And it's basically... Wait, like, like his name is just Jake? Yeah. Okay. Jake, but like an upside down A, I think, right? Uh, and so, yeah. So he basically is like this musician. And of course, I like followed his entire story on TikTok. And... Um, he was a brilliant marketer and he like had all these like different ways of introducing this like song called Golden Hour to like, you know, the audience. And one of the things was that he brought his like old music teacher and he has like this amazing piano solo in the beginning of the song and he like plays it for her. She like starts crying and I'm like, this is the most wholesome content I've ever seen. <laughs> Damn, girls. It was just super sweet. You know what I mean? And so, like, I find myself more drawn to songs like that versus just, like, you know, all the booty shaking, even though I love booty shaking from time to time. Wait, so is Kalayla considered, like, sad girl music? Because she just came out with a new album, and she was somebody I really loved. And I, she took, like, a five- or six-year break. I heard, like, her single that I like, but I haven't done the whole album yet. But that's the thing, though. When SZA, when SZA is, like, our age... And has an album? Chef's Kiss, maybe, huh? <laughs> maybe. Or it might she, be like Adele, where she's like talking about her divorce. Or that. <laughs> well, I mean, Adele knows what her audience wants, which is her belting out a ballad. And if she's really getting married to what's-his-name, we'll have some more. <laughs> oh, my God. We will have some more. Props have been fired. Shots have been fired. I don't know. I'm going to still listen to this Kalayla album because I already like, know who that is. She I runs in like Solange's crew. Like that's like her like BFS. I will definitely check her out. I have not heard of her either. So sad girl music. Sad girl love money. I do love that song. I love it so much. Every time it comes on, I'm like, ah, I love this song. I mean, speaking of sad girl music. Lana Del Rey released her new album too. So, <laughs> Ren Fred it, ladies. Ladies, we are in for it. <laughs> I wanted to touch on how um, in your book you discuss like dealing with the loss of certain friendships due to like the pandemic and what you're going through. What helped you deal with that change in your life? Because I feel like as we get older, our lives get busier. We have children, you know. And that kind of intimacy and closeness that we once had just kind of like fades. And I know that like after I had Stevie, I felt the loss of just being like a mom and slightly being on my own because we were still in the pandemic and just kind of like really understanding that my life had changed fundamentally on so many levels. And one of those levels was just like not really being able to be there or be with my friends like I used to be. And what did you do to process that? Well, you know, when I was younger, I did move countries quite a bit. 
So it went from like being born here as a safe, then moving to Bangkok and then moving to Nepal and then moving to India, then moving back when I was 18. And that like initial stage, I did make and break a lot of friendships. I was lucky enough to have made like a handful of friends that have stayed solid with me. I do not know why, but they have stayed solid with me. Oh, and there's I'm not. <laughs> well, they have not. They've stayed solid with me throughout all these years. And we, when we see each other now, it just like falls back into place. And it's like literally like they're pieces of my soul, you know? When I moved to San Francisco, if that was like 20 years ago, I basically created like I went through all the ups and downs of like meeting people and all that stuff and I chose my family and I chose my family and those people were my friends and when the pandemic rolled around one of the things that got me through everything was actually still being able to like communicate with them and hang out with them you know in a safe manner and like meet up at the parks and like you know just talk to them and stuff and like all of us were in a really bad head space yeah but we were at least there for each other. So I knew that all of them were going to move away. However, I did not expect all of them to move away like one after the other. Mm-hmm. So it like happened like right when everything lifted, kind of like I would say middle of 2021. And it was like literally one after the other within like the span of two months, like everybody was gone. And I'm also the oldest of the group. So I've always like felt very like maternal instincts towards everybody. And I've always like, you know, been the crazy mom to everybody and also the Capricorn in me, very like guardian. And they all moved away for either family or for work or for both. So there was really no space for me to not be happy for them because mm-hmm. they all miss their family. And I think that the pandemic made everybody realize that they wanted to be closer to their parents because they were getting older, you know what I mean? And so I would be a shitty friend if I was not happy for them to go towards what they needed to do. However, for me, what I felt being in San Francisco was that I had lost my entire chosen family within the span of two months. So, like, I have maybe two or three friends that still, like, live in, like, the Bay Area that I see whenever we get to see, not as often as we used to, like, pre-pandemic. However, we do see each other, you know? But the people that I spent every holiday with and all that stuff, they, like, all left. And I felt empty. And I'm going to use the term betrayed, but not betrayed like they didn't tell me the truth or they were like, you know, mean to me or anything like that. Just betrayed with time, timing, you know what I mean? Like everything happening so fast. And then also I was still like going through my whole entire process. My So when everybody left, it was, like you said, a different type of grieving. And one thing that I have realized with my dad passing away and all that stuff was that I'm better when I grieve alone and I give myself time. 
when they first moved, I was like, okay, I'm like, like how am I going to deal with this? I'm like, am I going to call them and text them every day and be like, rah, 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 pay attention to me, pay attention to me. I'm like, or am I going to get, let them get settled and I'm going to figure out how I'm going to get settled. So I chose the second way. And so therefore I uh, knowingly and consciously made the choice not to call them and not to like, you know, text them 24 seven and just figure out what I needed and what I needed to do in order to make myself feel better. And it helped because like all of these different things, you know, um, definitely like chakra balancing is like really, really something that I have found to be one of my most helpful tools where you like breathe into every chakra that you have and you can do it for like five minutes, 10 minutes, an hour, whatever you want to do. But that like really, really grounds me. So I do that if I start feeling like anxious or I start feeling like, oh my God, like I have nobody to talk to. Like, what am I going to do? You know what I mean? And yeah. start feeling lonely because they are dealing with their own thing over there and if I considered myself to be a good friend, like I need to let them deal with their own thing. You know what I mean? But I also have to deal with myself. And so when I kind of like focused inward and really tried to become like the best version of myself that I possibly could for myself and not for anybody else, I started attracting new people into my life that were here that were in my vicinity where I would be able to have access to them and they would be able to have access to me. And it's strange because I've never had many heterosexual friends. I've only had like <laughs> my crew is like always like the gay men. I'm like, I am an old gay man. Like that is basically like what it has been. And, you know, I adore them and I love their company. However, I've never been able to like connect, especially with heterosexual women very well. Yeah. And this is also like a bookmark in my head where I was like, why can you not connect with heterosexual women? Like what is wrong with you? Yes. Like women can tend to be catty. They can like bring you down. They do like to gossip. I'm like, However, you are also a woman, you know, and you probably have these traits too, even though you don't want to admit it, you know? So that kind of was like in the back of my head. And I was lucky enough to be able to attract heterosexual women, which I was like, whoa, and, you know, it's super cute. We have like couple friends. I was like, I was just a person, but now we have couple friends. But the amazing thing is that, like, I have separate relationships with both the husband and the wife. You know what I mean? Like, we mm -hmm. have different friendships with them. But all of us are on that journey to try to become better people. And we really respect boundaries, which is, like, something that I have never experienced in my life <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, as immigrant children tends to learn even what the hell boundaries are a little later. Yeah, like. exactly. Yeah. It's so amazing because, like, these women are, like, grown women. And we all know, like, we're all there to support each other. However, like, we're all very vocal about our boundaries. We're like, oh, this is going to work. This 
not going to work. And we all respect that. To your beginning point, like there's going to be obviously people in your life, like it will never shift. It's familiar. It's root chakra energy. It's like, you know, our old friends are definitely like this part and a result of also who is part of our core, you know? So there is obviously that element that's beautiful. And for myself, I would say personally, like some of those root memories and images, not saying all of them belong to the past, but to your point, there is this like, if I'm for the first time, because I moved, you know, away after living in the Bay Area, born and raised for like, you know, until my late 30s, like it is about like being able to evolve and rediscover a new part of myself for myself primarily. But, you know, who's to say that friendships later in life are you're going to have people doing a version of that too, right? And part of the house yeah. and why they're creating those friendships. Yeah, well, I guess like not trying to sound cliche, but the way that I work, to answer your question, Brianne, the way that I worked on letting go of like the people that were so close to me was I focused like on myself. And I focused on what made me happy and I focused on what brought me joy. And that in turn like attracted a new set of friends that held the same values as me. Beautiful. So beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, that's what it was. Of course, you know, I still keep in touch with my other friends that moved away. And when we see each other, it's just like debauchery to its like finest. But on the other <laughs> hand, it's just like, you know, I want them to thrive. I want everybody to do well. I want them to be happy. And sometimes when you are just like, you're not allowing them to like move because you're holding on so tight, that to me is you being a shitty friend. Yeah, we're all starting and restarting to starting from places of brand, like a brand new place, right? In different versions of that. And so, but you can't also, you know, lose track of who you are at your root too, by allowing you to go in and have your hermit mode. And, you know, it is as cliche as you say, like starting with yourself. Well, you know, all of us are earth signs. I feel like all of us, are grounded in tradition. We like things to be consistent. It gives us like a sense of like security. So letting go and being vulnerable are two of the most hardest things for our sides to do. It literally like to let go of something that you have loved for so long is like literally ripping a part of yourself out, you know? And it takes great discipline and like focus and just like the urge to want to make it work you know what I mean that's like desire to make things work that will hopefully propel you forward and help you like let go because to me like I held on to that anger for how long even though people were telling me that I was angry you know for sure it's some still like anger like lingering on over there you know what I mean and so it, it's hard letting go and being vulnerable it's very, very hard, but it's worth it. You know, if we can just cry a little bit, <laughs> it's definitely worth it. You've created like a really like sustainable program for yourself. Right. That this is something that you can continue to do throughout your life. You have like the foundation. Yeah. Which is very Capricorn. <laughs> Chef's kiss. <laughs> You know, I like the routine. I like the routine. 
These Virgos be loving routines too. Our routines are a little sh- like mix matchy because they just make sense to us only um, and nobody else. But yeah. I was like thinking about earth signs and I was thinking about how like Taurus is like the collector, like beautiful things. The taste is. And then you have yeah Virgo, which is like a curator kind of almost pure in like the need to like structure and build but from almost kind of like an innocent place to me or like a very like the energy of Virgo can be neurotic but it's a little lighter than a Taurus and a Capricorn oh yeah for sure and like like the Virgo have like a virgin isn't the innocent virgin and then I always think of Capricorn is kind of like master builder energy in the tarot. The Capricorn is the devil. So it's like a constant dance with like loving earthly pleasures and understanding the power that's like inherent in the earth. Like for people like because I've been studying Deccans, which is like the Egyptians mapping out the astrological signs and for people born because you were born the 27th. 28. 28. So like from the 21st to the 30th, the spirit that like rules that Deccan of Capricorn, they describe it as a black headless man gathering information from the earth with their feet. Like just like pulsating with energy from like boom. Like I think about that a lot. I thought about that when I was reading your book. And feeling it in the body. You know what I mean? You guys are in that window. Both of you guys are both in that window. 21st of the 28th. That's you two. Capricorn, we can go to absolute excess, but we have a really fun sense of humor that kind of can like bring us back and level us out a little bit. But it is like a constant like dance with like all that this earthly plane can allow us to do. Oh, 100%. Like, girl... Let me tell you, I got to control myself, okay? I have to control myself. It's discipline. It takes work, you know? And I know that I have, like, these tendencies to be super indulgent, you know? And because I know these things, there are drugs I will never try in my life, you know? There are things that I will never do in my life because I know that once it brings me pleasure... It's game over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, she keeps going back for more. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I totally feel you. And that is very, very accurate on the Egyptian part. <laughs> Good job. Ancient wisdom. Right? <laughs> What's your rising sign? Capricorn. Stop it. Really? Mm-hmm. Mine is Aquarius. <laughs> Ooh. So the Aquarius just wants to be like, let's just come out yeah. and go. Girl, I had Pluto for two generations. And my, my son now is coming to my rising. I was like, I don't want to play no more, Pluto. <laughs> Pluto's like, guess what? <laughs> we just started. <laughs> I'm so mad. I'm so mad. What is your moon? My moon is Taurus. Fine things. You've always had a taste. Oh, thank you. You do. So I read somewhere that if you should date your moon sign, 
or you should be in relationships with your moon signs because they fulfill everything that like fulfill all your emotions and your desires. So my partner is my moon sign right now. And I was like, sir, how are you? Thankfully, he does give in to you all my <laughs> But my mom is a Virgo. So it's like all three of us are earth signs over here. And it's quite bananas. It is quite bananas. <laughs> I feel like yeah. it's time to pull out the cards. Well, before we do that, don't we? Oh, Bubble Bath Theater. Yeah. Da, 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 da. So basically, Bubble Bath Theater, if you're just tuning in, is a wonderful name that Brianne created really to just talk uh, about 2014 is when I coined it when the term yeah. 2014 but it's basically a little moment to share our tv consumption recommends that help us escape this world of mixed emotions oh that's cute I like it I love it do you want to go first Rinchen? okay well let's see Mine are two TV shows. Because, you know, I'm a girl that loves her sits, sitcoms and her soaps. <laughs> Stay loving my sitcoms and my soaps. So all of these are kind of like either sitcom or soapy. <laughs> Have you guys started watching Harlem on, like, Amazon Prime? No, like my sister is. Listen, Jillian knows what she's talking about. It's like it finishes second season. I think I started watching it during the pandemic because it came out like in 2021, but it's got the very like sex and city format. Four black girls, though, living in their 30s in Harlem, just managing just life, love, career. I watched the first season. Megan Good's character is hell annoying to me, but <laughs> <laughs> she is beautiful. And then, yeah, there's this character on there that's kind of like this, I would say maybe like the Samantha version-esque, except she's like this uh, actress, performer. Anyways, check it out. That's my escapism. <laughs> and then my second one is something I started watching just like full pandemic. So I was a little bit late to the game, but like, you know, one of those shows where like you're late to the game, but so then you have like four seasons to just like take your time and just like binge. <laughs> Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Created by Tina Fey, kind of like 30 rock but that's a good one. That is a good one. I have a movie. It's a Japanese movie came out in the 80s it's called a taxing woman it's like a rom-com but it's very japanese it's about a woman who works for like the japanese irs oh and it's during the time when all of like the yakuza were basically laundering their money in mainstream corporations and so she's like this like excellent like forensic accountant and yeah she has a code and she lives by her code and she wears all Calm de Garcon clothes. She's got this cute little bob. And she's just so determined and focused and like working within such a like patriarchal culture, but like getting the accolades she deserves because she does her job well. And she meets a gangster who's an excellent money launderer. And he's not conventionally attractive at all. He's got a limp. He's strange. Yeah. But he's just banging all the broads. And he just knows how to hide money. And they meet and they... I won't say anything else, but it's like a beautiful movie. I love it so what much. A taxing woman. 
It's on Criterion, but I think you can get it on Apple. Excellent investment, Criterion. I love it. It's a beautiful movie. It's by the same director. I can't remember his name. He made Tampopo, if anybody's seen that. And then remember they had that Tampopo ramen spot in Japantown in SF? Mm -hmm. Yeah, going there. (laughs) And then my second recommendation, it's on Amazon Prime as well. It's Daisy and the Six. I feel like it's like a fictionalized, like, kind of warp, like, account of, like, Fleetwood Mac. The dynamics of having, like, a band and the sexual tension and, like, I love Riley Keough. I really love her. I love her big eyes. Is she a Nepo baby? Isn't she? Yeah, she's Elvis Presley's granddaughter. Correct. That's what it is. And guess what? She's great. She's great. She's all legs and big eyes. I like her too. I loved her in, um, what was the movie? She was in Zola. That, and then, right. yeah. It's easy breezy. It's like 10 episodes. Weird like fake 70s rock songs. If you just want to zone out, it's perfect. This context is very helpful because I've been seeing all these billboards. I'm like, what is the deal? It's everywhere. It's like, it's all like got this like Coachella-esque like festival season vibe coming up. Yeah. I thought it was like almost famous or something like that. Yeah, it's similar to that. Yeah. It's definitely those vibes. I will give it a try. What's your bubble bath theater? Oh, God. Um... Just me being me, I gotta give you guys like Rex for Korean drama. So, one of the series that I actually really, really like lately that I finished and it's actually complete on Netflix is called like Good Women. So I've seen. And have you watched the whole thing? No, I just saw a little trailer. I haven't watched it's it yet. About three sisters that basically I want to say like one's an accountant and if the second one is a reporter and the third one's high school. And they come from a very, like, a poor background. And their dad owes money to a whole bunch of people. So he's, like, fled the country. And the mom is not, like, the best of people and basically, like, keeps stealing money from her children and, like, galvanizing and stuff like that. But it takes, like, this crazy twist and... Somehow there's like flower shows in Singapore. I can't tell you guys everything, right? But there's flower shows in Singapore and people are getting murdered. It is one of the best shows that I've watched like this year. It is so good. So good. With Korean drama, sometimes I feel like sometimes the first episode is always like just a little rough to get through because they're trying to do character building. But once you can, like, make it through the, that second episode, it's just like, what is happening? So, <laughs> that one. And good women? Good women. Little women. Little women. And then I would say probably the second one that I recently finished was called The Gory. And it is about this girl that got, well, this woman who got bullied severely in high school. And she creates this master plan to take revenge on everybody. And it's just so elaborate and just mind-boggling. There's a lot of, like, Korean chess in it. So it's pretty good. I liked her, and I think she's a really good actress, too. So I think her name is Song Hye-kyo. Song Hye-kyo. No, Song Hye-kyo. Yes, that's what her name is. But she's really pretty, and she is a 
fantastic actress. So, yeah, it's a girl revenge movie. <laughs> Everybody's like, yeah, revenge movie. <laughs> Both of them are like unexpectedly violent, but they're they're good. They're good movies. <laughs> Stress off on a drama is fuzzy. You're like, what is happening? <laughs> my favorite kind of shit right all right so we usually end with a tarot but since you're here maybe we could i don't know Brianne, should you offer doing a reading for tripsy is our question you want to ask right or you just want like a general like give me something general my friend had a party one of my new friends she had a party at her house for valentine's day and invited all of her like friends she had a magician as he did a tarot reading. I'll tell you guys about it later. Like a real magician? Like a real magician. Yeah. He's like, shut up! Shut up. Brianne, tell the folks what you have pulled just now. <laughs> the hermit card. <laughs> On the right just path. Just keep bringing your inner illuminations forward, my love. That's just basically like... Oh. Here here multiple walling right now thank you how crazy is that it's beautiful love it who's a magician now who's a magician now <laughs> we love you so much tripty this was so much fun thank you so much tripty your no, book is thank you. great you know obviously tell the folks how they can find you yeah list all of the things in the show notes but like you know give us stuff well first of all thank you brianna and rinjin this was like an amazing experience and the perfect way to kick off i feel like me talking about my book like i said i do really really appreciate you guys having me here and it warms my heart and it's all the right vibe <laughs> as far as Finding my stuff, you can find it on Amazon, Four Years in Hermit Mode. My socials or Instagram are Four Years in Hermit Mode. And my social for uh, TikTok as well in Four Years in Hermit Mode. Both of them have leachies in the bio, so you can like tap on those and it'll take you where you need to go. Yeah, that's about it. I love you both so much. This was the perfect time. And yeah, these earthy vibes are like irreplaceable right now. So good. Shout out to Earthy Vibes. Mm -hmm. And we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Bless all my Bye.